Well, good morning. Welcome again. Why don't we start with a word of prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning here. Thank you for your presence as you're with us. Thank you that you inhabit the praises of your people. Lord, just pray that your presence would continue to be with us here as uh, the word is preached. Just pray you give me clarity of thought as I share what you've laid in my heart. Just pray that you would guide me and give us hearts open to hear your word. And just pray this all in your name. Amen. <clears throat> Alright, well this morning I have, I don't know, somewhat of an overflow from what I got out of the weekend of meetings and also some from my own reading the last week that went along with the overflow from the weekend meetings, but just thought I'd share some of that, and <clears throat> specifically what I want to talk about is edification and edifying the church, and not just the church, also edifying other people in general, even the community around us. Throughout the weekend meetings, you know, we heard a lot about unity in the church and the one message, I don't remember which evening it was, I think it was Saturday evening, when I was asking myself this question, am I edifying the church? When you talked about how the whole body is fitly framed together and each joint is supplying and edification is for the church. And that is important, but it's not limited to just that. And <clears throat> I was reminded of that on Saturday morning in a business dealing I had with someone. And I didn't know the guy really. And I was visiting with him, had several conversations with him, actually. And he was sharing some of his life story and, and through various conversation there until it was all said and done, I came away feeling somewhat inspired by his testimony and just his life and how he was living and I got to think, you know, he just he was actually a trucker and he goes all over the country and has interaction with lots of people, I'm sure. The thing, you know, for someone like that, he probably has a whole string of people behind him in his wake that he's left a good impression on that he encourages and edifies as he goes and just seeing in my own life you know the people that I come in contact with at work do they come away feeling like they were blessed to have met with me for 20 minutes or to talk to me a little bit the job or whatever it may be and <clears throat> I think being able to edify others is a sign of a mature Christian and I think any mature Christian will edify others whether purposely or by accident, it will happen. And I think our, um, our maturity level can be even measured by how much we edify others because it is a direct relation to our own intake, what we can overflow to others around us. Do I edify those around me when we meet someone? <clears throat> um, in Corinthians, 
1 Corinthians chapter 12. You can turn there. You read a couple of verses. I thought it was interesting, I might just say this before I read, uh, re- read through here through 1 Corinthians 12 and then followed right on into 13 and chapter 14. And it seems like it all ties together. It talks about the spiritual gifts of the church. It talks about love. It talks about prophecy and speaking in tongues. And it seems like the whole context of it all boils down to edifying the church and even over in um, chapter 14 it says even so ye for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church and that is I think God's heart with all the gifts that he has given to the church is that the church can be edified by it anyway in 1 Corinthians starting in verse 4 it says now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit and there are differences of administration but the same Lord there are diversities of operations but the same God which worketh all in all but the the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all and he goes on to say you know some people are some people have the gift of faith some have the spirit of wisdom. Some have knowledge, some have prophecy, some have discerning of spirits, and so on. But it says the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And later on in chapter 12, it says, are all apostles, are all teachers. I don't think everyone is an apostle. Not everyone is a teacher. Not everyone's a, a prophet. And but yeah, everyone is given the spirit to profit with all. And I was looking up what that means, to profit with all. And, well, first, that manifestation of the spirit is the things of the spirit of God that make itself manifest in our lives. The things we do that express the fact that we have the spirit. That's how the spirit is manifest in our lives. And sometimes I think it's even referred to as the fruits of the Spirit. And it lists them there, the Spirit, like in verse 8 and following, the Spirit of the Word of Wisdom, the Spirit of Knowledge. It talks about faith and the gifts of healing and all that. And the... um, the manifestation that's given to every man to profit with all, that thing of profiting with all has the idea of um, building up and helping, helping build. I forget the exact wording in the dictionary, but it had the idea of helping to build up or to be a group effort. And that's what this, um, the manifestation of the Spirit or the fruits of the Spirit are given to us that each person can help with the group effort of building. <clears throat> and it goes on there throughout chapter 12. It talks about, um, maybe we'll just start reading in verse um, 
verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were the hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, but yet one body. And he goes on to say how the eye can't say to the hand, it has no need of it, and you know, each part is necessary. And it says down in verse 25 that there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care one for another. <clears throat> anyway, and then it goes on to say in the very last verse, um, it says, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. So saying all these things are good that it's talked about, but there is still something more excellent yet than even all of those gifts of the speaking in tongues and the, um, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and faith. And it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I'm become a sounding brass, tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, and have not charity, I'm nothing. And just, you know, that would describe a fairly mature Christian, you would think. Someone that has prophecy, understands all mysteries and all knowledge, and they have all faith so they can remove mountains. It sounds like a fairly stable Christian, but yet without charity, that's nothing. And I think it's through charity that is one of the fruits of the Spirit. The first one listed, actually, the fruit of the Spirit is love, and it lists all the others there in Galatians. And that being one of the fruits of the Spirit, too, I think that is, as it says here, very important. And in the whole context of edifying the church, it lists that as you know, the most important thing. <clears throat> and then on in, um, well, maybe, <clears throat> um, yeah, it just says there, like in verse 3, Though I sow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. You know, some of these things, you know, not everyone has all these gifts necessarily. But yeah, everyone can love, and everyone can express that love <clears throat> to others. Um, I forget where I'm in my notes here. So even all those gifts without love are nothing. Then I'd like to look at a verse here in chapter 14, the first verse. It says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather 
that ye may prophesy. So there it almost sounds like, yeah, spiritual gifts are good and charity is good, and you should follow that. But even more important yet is the whole thing of prophecy. And I was wondering, you know, why is that that he puts prophecy so high up there with love and whatever? Because he even says that not all speak with tongues, not all interpret, not all prophesy. You know, not everyone's a prophet. But yeah, he says that that is the um, something that he would rather even more than that, more than charity and other spiritual gifts. <clears throat> and I think the answer is in verse 2 to 5. It says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. It seems like the reason he puts this up here so high is just for the simple reason that prophesying edifies the church. And I think other of these gifts that edify the church are also very important. And prophecy maybe more than some. And I don't know, sometimes it seems like preaching and prophecy sort of goes hand in hand and speaking the mind and will of God. And I think preaching is a very um, valid part of edifying the church, and it is necessary. But yet there is more to edifying the church than just prophecy. And I do want to look at some of those things. Um, <clears throat> I think it's safe to assume from that that the best gifts are the ones that edify the church. And all of the manifestations of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, are given us for the edification of the church. And then, again down there in verse 12, it says, Even so, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. And I think it's right and good to even ask God, how can I edify the church? How can I use my spiritual gifts to edify the church? The fruits of the Spirit that have been given us, I think, is only right and good that we ask God on how we can use those to edify the church. And I think if that is our desire to edify, that he will show us how. And just thinking more of that edifying, it doesn't happen all at once. When you're preaching, you might be able to edify the whole body at once, but there's other times where it happens just one person at a time, like that trucker guy I talked to. He never was standing up in front of a crowd when I heard him edifying people, but I know me and my wife were both blessed to meet him there, and I'm sure others are too. And I was thinking in the book of Acts, where it talks about Dorcas, who had made all the coats and garments, and she got sick and died, and all these people came bringing their coats and garments that she had made and it sounds to me like she had a big crowd of people that she had influenced in her life 
but she didn't make all those coats all at once. It was one at a time. Here she ministered to someone, and there she ministered to someone. And throughout her whole life, without even preaching a sermon as such, she was able to edify those around her and to build them up. And there is a difference in between edifying and just being a nice person or being generous, although being generous does edify. And I think it is good for us to desire to edify and you know, when we have that desire, we want to edify whoever God puts in our path. We might not realize that our life is preaching a sermon of itself. And, you know, after years of just trying to edify whoever God puts in our life, without realizing it, we may have edified the whole church around us, even though it was one person here, one person there, one at a time. We may not realize how far that reaches and this maybe this one of the things this man said that stood out to me was well first he um, well when he was getting ready to come he had asked what time would suit to meet up with him and I told him that well we're having some meetings at church and he wondered if, if I'm very involved in church I'm like, yeah, somewhat. And he's like, well, he's glad to hear that because he used to be a pastor himself. And I go, that's interesting. Well, then once he was actually there at our place, he was explaining how that all came about. He was living in, I think, Alabama. And there was another church in their conference that the pastor had died. And he felt God calling him to go live as a pastor to move over there and pastor that church but he had never been a pastor he hadn't really studied for it whatever and and he had been praying about it and through all that he finally was like well he's going to write a letter to I don't know the head guy of their denomination which I don't even know what denomination it was said he's going to write a letter to that guy and just inquire if they need a pastor yet so he got a letter all wrote out and stuck in an envelope, and, but he just couldn't quite make himself mail it. He wasn't quite sure if that's what God wants for him, to just send a letter saying he wants to go pastor a church over in North Carolina. And, you know, that was a couple of states over, and he wasn't quite sure what that would all involve. He said the letter sat in his desk for two days, and then his phone rang, and here it was the guy who was planning to send the letter to, and just out of the blue, he called him up and said, hey, I um, have a request, wonder if you'd want to consider being a pastor at this church over here in North Carolina. And well, here he had the letter on his desk that he never even ended up sending them. They said that was the beginning of how he was a pastor there, and he was a pastor for, I think he says, over 30 years that he pastored the church there. And he gave other accounts of answers of prayer through his time of service there and which not everyone uses in a way like that to be a pastor to church. and But just hearing, for me to hear how God had worked in his life was encouraging to me. And just saying, you know, there may be things that we go through that we don't think of being that extraordinary. 
but sometimes just sharing those things with others can edify the church. Even if it's just one person here, one person there, because <clears throat> our life does speak volumes. <clears throat> And it didn't seem like he came, this guy that was visiting with, it didn't seem like he came with a motive that he's going to preach a sermon to me or anything. It just sort of happened without trying, it seems. <laughs> and that is something that, you know, I want my life to be in that way too, that those I come in contact with, I don't have to make a... Um, I mean, initially, you sometimes do have to make deliberate effort to make choices to... Um, to be a blessing, but where it's not like we're um, trying to put it on, but just comes naturally that those around us are blessed by our life. <coughs> Edifying, the definition of it is the act of building up or the act of one who promotes another one's growth in Christian wisdom, piety, happiness, and holiness. And I think there'd be quite a range of things we could put in that. In promoting another one's growth in Christian wisdom, piety, happiness, and holiness. So I was just saying, you know, what are some practical ways that we can edify? I mean, we're not all preachers, we're not all pastors, but there are many things outside of preaching and prophesying, whatever, that <clears throat> can edify others. And I wrote a few things down, and I'll let you add to that in your own list, whatever you come up with, but just a few things that I thought of. One is through conversation. If we're... Um, just standing on the edge of a conversation, listening the whole time, we never say anything, we're probably not being very edifying by just standing there. Now it can be, maybe, if you have a big enough smile on your face. <clears throat> but a very important role in edifying others is talking. There's listening that needs to happen, too, but opening our mouth and talking, and even the thing that spoke to me in considering all this is even like on the job side, you know, there's times where the customer might be there and there can always be the temptation, you know, just quietly keep on working, and get done as fast as you can and move on to the next job and get that job done as fast as possible too. But sometimes it takes discipline to stop and talk and even to open our mouth and to talk of spiritual things. And the same can be true even in the church. There's a tendency to just want to talk about the weather and the grass and the rain and things like that and what we did for work that week. But sometimes it takes discipline to open our mouth and to testify of what God has done for us and to speak of um, Christ working in our life, things that edify <clears throat> Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 
I'd like to read a few verses there. <clears throat> I think this is a good recipe for us in any conversation we're having or in just in our manner of life. Um, it seems like to edify someone, there has to be a certain amount of humility. I know there's people you talk to sometimes that, yeah, they're very talkative, but all they talk about is themselves and it's not really that edifying being around them and you'd rather just go talk to someone else. But I think 1 Corinthians 13 here gives a very good recipe for the um, let's say that, the qualities that are good for edifying. Starting in verse 4, Charity suffereth long in this kind, charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And I think that in the context of living um, our whole lives with edifying others in mind, that is a very good recipe for that. Just you know, seeking not our own, not being easily provoked. And when I read that, I was thinking of <clears throat> another guy I've met several times coming to his shop where he works there, had him do some work for me. And it seems every time I go there, he's always smiling and happy. And I don't know what his job is like that's different than mine, but it seems like he never has any issues that come up at his job. Everything goes great. His day is always perfect. He's smiling. He's happy and cheerful. And you know, sometimes I wonder, well, um, wonder what it is in him that makes it so easy to be bubbling over with. I mean, he's all almost always. He acts like he's happy to see me, like I came just to visit him or something. And sometimes I wonder, you know, is that the testimony people have of us? Like, are we acting like our jobs are never going right, and there's always things wrong, or can we? have joy and just a, a joyful countenance in general can be edifying, <clears throat> which is, yeah, another point that I had in things that can edify others is just that, our countenance, our expression can edify others, whether it's at the hardware store or whether it's sitting in a song service at church, the expressions we have just on our face, our own countenance can edify others. The way we sing, the way we talk, the way we walk. And I don't know, sometimes if you see someone that they may be singing, but it looks like they'd rather be outside doing something else, it's not very inspiring or edifying to sit there and watch them mumble along. But yet at the same time, if there's someone that's singing expressively and it looks like they're happy to be there and they have something to sing about, that's edifying just to see it, even if, even if they're not having a direct conversation with you. And, yeah, even if there's only a couple people that see it on a given Sunday, it's still worth our time to do it to edify the church. <clears throat> Uh, 
Another way we can edify others is just by our own life and through our life goals and ambitions because others looking on can see what we're passionate about. And I know for myself, I've been inspired looking at some people and you see their life and they're passionate about something and they're, um, you know, be it missions, be it um, revival, be it whatever. You put anything in there you want. Some people you can see they're very passionate about it. Their whole life is um, wrapped up in it. You can tell them they're excited about doing it. They have a, a purpose. They're enthusiastic. They're enthusiastic and expressive. They're joyful and portraying the fruits of the Spirit. <clears throat> and just looking at a life like that, even without directly interacting with them or talking with them, can speak volumes. I know there's people that have inspired me that I've never even met personally, just hearing about them and hearing of things they've done. And... <clears throat> yeah, just thinking of, you know, a person like that, they are, you know, often enjoyable to be around, and you can often come away from someone that has a goal in life and they're striving after it. It can be inspiring to look at that. <clears throat> Compare that maybe to someone that, I don't know, a lazy person you see just sitting on a park bench looking like they're, too lazy to even walk around, too lazy to have normal disciplines in life even. There's something about that that's not inspiring at all. Just like, yeah, they're doing whatever they feel best for themselves. <clears throat> Another way of um, edifying, which is building up is through acts of service and sacrifice looking for ways to serve those around us to promote their growth in Christian wisdom, piety, happiness and holiness <clears throat> and there's many ways to do that and one like the um, Dorcas there in Acts that I mentioned just a simple thing of making coats for widows and garments and whatever Y'all made there. Just finding a way to serve in that can impact the whole community. And I don't think it's necessarily good for us to look for ways that we can do something that will impact the whole community because we need to make a splash. But it might just be little things here and there, one person at a time, making a coat for this person, making a coat for that person, making a hat for that person, whatever it may be. And obviously not just making clothes, but there's many other ways to do it. <clears throat> also in building relationships <clears throat> is another way to build up and to edify others. It takes time and effort on our part to build relationships. They don't just happen by accident. And just thinking of church relationships and, you know, if there's someone that seems like they're always coming in late and the first to leave, 
it's hard to build a relationship with a person like that, and it's not all that inspiring. And they're not leaving behind a, a wake of edification if they're not visiting with anyone or talking to them. And I know for myself, sometimes it's tempting, even on times where there might be some social activity to do, where things are more important that I feel I need to get to and do things. But there is a point, too, of even sacrificing some of those things that we'd rather be doing to go build relationships and to encourage our brothers and to try to be a, an edification wherever we can be. When we are so busy doing other things, it sends a message. Like if someone barely has time to make it to an event and they leave before it's even over or whatever, it sends a message there's more important things than building relationships. And, yeah, just that there's, it just speaks of having, um, things we'd rather do ourselves, spend time on ourselves instead of in edifying others. But yet on the other hand, if someone is the first to come and the last to leave and they um, seem bent on having conversation wherever they can in speaking of what God has done for them and building up those around them as as long and as fervently as possible. It speaks a message too. It tells others that they are important to them and that they're worth their time and they enjoy being here. <clears throat> and just thinking of um, relationships in general, they just they take time and they take commitment. And sometimes even that can be the sacrifice of... Um, the sacrifices it takes to, to edify others, because it does take time and commitment. Another thing I thought of is just um, in church life, submitting to the brotherhood. And I was thinking of that illustration that Leonard gave of the two by four that didn't want to be cut down for a wall. You know, it had to stay eight feet tall. And, you know, we might be tempted to think that, you know, Bigger is better, right? Why does my wall need to be shortened? I mean, bigger, bigger wall can block more wind, right? Well, there might be times where we have something that we feel is a better way, but if it um, if it isn't fitly framed together, it doesn't edify the church. If there's something in our life that's more important than unity. That doesn't build the church. It's when we yield and are fitly framed together that the church gets built. If every two by four is a different length, the church won't get built. <laughs> Yielding builds up and it edifies the church. So those were just some of the practical areas I thought of in looking at my own life in ways I can build the church and through conversation, through our countenance, through our life's goals and our passions, what gets us excited, through serving others, 
through building relationships and through submitting to others. I guess it's my desire that I could leave in my wake a crowd of people that I have edified that, you know, it might not be all at once, all at one time, but hopefully at some point there could be a whole church that's been edified by my life and the way I live and the conversations I have and the passions I have and the things in life that I do. So I hope that can be an encouragement to all of us. I didn't, um, I don't mean to condemn anyone that's not of that place, you know, in some of those things of edifying, but that is what I want for my life and just sharing things that God has spoken to me where I can grow in, um, in edifying the body of Christ and all those around me. May God bless.